Hello, Character Arc listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we watch a movie. We're going to give a brief, fun synopsis of that film. We're going to talk about what we liked, what we didn't like, and move into some changes we would make if we were the ones making the film. I'm Richard Bertelson, and joining me today is... Ted. It mixed D&D there a little bit, didn't I? Yeah, yeah you know yeah, why? You did. Yeah. Because also joining me... <laughs> <laughs> it's none other than the great Mendel. Mendel Sands. Watch our other podcast. Listen, listen to it. Don't watch it. Watch it. Don't, don't listen to Ted. (laughs) (laughs) You look at that. (laughs) Look Um, at it. Don't push play. Just look at it. In case you've been haven't been keeping track, theaters are still closed. What? (laughs) Why? News to me. Uh, This week we watched. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. <laughs> I tried to remember if I got the order of their names right in the title. Dale's actually more of the main character yeah, than Tucker yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Whoa, Jesus. Did you see the way those guys looked at us? Who wants to go skinny dipping? So, guys, who wants to start the synopsis train? Why don't we let Theodore? Theodore worked so hard. No, no. Don't, don't play it up. Don't play it up. He, he, he literally sat here and came up with multiple intros. <laughs> there. So I, let, I, think, I think he should just do all of them. Well, I do have three of them. <laughs> However, we are going for a boring synopsis, given the... The already ridiculous yeah. synopsis, synopsis this film has. Yeah, so <laughs> the challenge for this one was to make it as boring as possible. So, college kid uncovers his background from a newspaper headline. <laughs> Boom! Okay. Can I drop right. this mic? Okay. <laughs> mic is okay. okay, that's nice and boring. It's yeah. attached to the table, but drop that. I'll yeah, drop you drop it. it. Nick, that's... a couple of real nice fellas have their brand new vacation home vacation spoiled. You're actually very close to mine, but not quite the same... Mine was Dale helps Tucker renovate his vacation home. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just to kind of start off, so Nick and I have actually seen this movie, but years ago. So I've never seen the movie at all. And that's where we're going to open with this. So I think we should start with the actual ridiculous plot of this movie. Yes. So let's hit it. Oh, yeah, take it away. That's your job. Okay. Synopsize this bit. So um, in the actual plot of this film, um, a group of college students, mostly very douchey, um, head up to the lake, I guess, for... In West Virginia. Indescript weekend of... Debauchery and drugs and camping, Um, as, as most college kids do. Simultaneously... Tucker and Tucker Dale, Dale <laughs> do indeed go to Tucker's new vacation home to Which renovate a, it. That is actually pretty accurate as far as the synopsis goes. Yep. The college kids go skinny dipping. Uh, Tucker and Dale are out fishing and inadvertently see one of the college students kind of disrobing. And disrobing. she falls, hits her head. They take her back to their cabin to Help, help her. her because all the students, all the college students, all ran away because they were frightened by whatever they saw. They were fi- they, saw they were her. frightened because Tucker and Dale are your your tropey. They keep referring to them as hillbillies. The They're just very hillbillies. country. They've got the real southern accents, and 
Um, wear lots of flannel. They look kind of dirty. They little, drive the, the yeah. beat up truck. You know, they that are out in the woods. Got their one eyed dog. <laughs> Jangers, old Jangers, old Jangers. So they just are automatically scared of them because of of their physical appearance. From what we continuously learn throughout the entire movie, it's just one big misunderstanding. Yeah, so essentially what happens is that they, the college students end up thinking that Tucker and Dale kidnapped the girl that they were helping. And Tucker and Dale at first have no idea why these kids keep appearing around them and end up hurting themselves in really elaborate ways. And so the kids, this further uh, exacerbates the misunderstanding that the kids think that they're being murdered by these guys. These guys are like, what the fuck is going on? Because there's a bunch of dead kids around. And I mean, that's mostly it, although <laughs> I would normally end a synopsis a little bit around the halfway point because you don't have to tell in a synopsis yeah, how everything goes. But I will say, I think this movie keeps evolving into new sort of things, and I actually think that that is because they didn't know where to take the story anymore <laughs> after a certain point. <laughs> I guess I can see that. Well, see, it does kind of gravitate more into like an action sense where you have the villain tie up their love interest is that will not reciprocate they knew i think they knew where they wanted to go with yeah. it it's just so i don't think silly they I don't well think they, they started well, it I, off that way i they, think it's very obvious that the the douchey kid at the beginning is like you think her. that he's oh, going to be the that. person that dies first like that kind of thing but it's very his like degradation down to becoming the villain is very apparent I agree that they wanted him to be the villain. I just don't think they wanted all of the things between the scene where he's in the house talk and getting the therapy session, between there and the actual end of the movie, 20 minutes later, I don't think they knew what any of that would be. I think they just needed to add 20 minutes to the film. <laughs> well, I think, you know... <laughs> Hold on. Okay. By so. the way, I know that that was supposed to lead into how I like this movie because I'm the only one who you guys don't know. Right, I, right. You guys both like this movie. I like this movie, too. I have a lot of really good things to say about it. Okay. I don't want I, to hear that, but I also, don't say although either. <laughs> I also think it is very one note, and it, it would have benefited from being... It would have benefited from being a, shorter, a short film. Not, not a shorter film, because if you're any shorter, you're no longer a feature film. Just plain being a short film. Being a half hour or 40-minute film. Well, I guess I could see where you could kind of streamline the movie a little bit, but... I think if you streamline it a or little you could bit change, more... you could change other things about it to make it a stronger 90-minute <clears throat> narrative. I, I think the material's there. Like, it's possible. I just think this... I think that the writers here struggle to... I understand what you're saying. And yeah. I, think, I think I can pinpoint it to one scene, which is pretty much what you just mentioned, where uh, Allison is trying to have this conversation. And I think they could have... If they had gotten into that more, I think... Because it, I think it was quickly. That's the climax resolved. of the movie. Yeah, that's I the think, climax of the movie. I think, but the was, movie goes on for another twenty minutes. Right, but right. That's and the real climax of the movie. That's the funny climax of the movie. That's the more interesting climax of the movie. Everything after that, the movie becomes what it's kind of making fun of. It just is that. Yeah. It just yeah. is that now, I and see it's what no you're longer. Saying. It no longer has anything interesting to say about it. It just is that thing. Right. There mm -hmm. is now just a crazy hillbilly serial killer and two people and a woman needing to be saved and a hero. Right. Whereas before that, the movie's kind of playing off of how these things 
how this movie's doing it different right. and, and how how kind of ridiculous a real life scenario like this would be. Right. And then after the scene where they're in the cabin and the cabin explodes, yeah. which is a pretty definitive end. Yeah. They realized they only had an hour and they needed another 20 minutes. And what they did was they just wrote the end of one of the movies they were kind of making fun of. <laughs> I okay, will, so I he rises. Okay, so the bad guy <laughs> rises from the ashes of the cabin and then becomes what would be like the immortal serial killer, the the Jason or the Freddy Krueger of the story. I, okay, I guess I see what you're saying, but it. I still I don't think it detracts from the movie at all. Although I think it's doing as many things as it can to be an original movie is still just a, a spoof. I'll tell you what I like about that aspect that you're bringing up. It is shot surprisingly like 80s slasher films. Like the lighting, the, the fog that comes, that rolls in. Even the, the desk things where it's in the like foreground, yeah, um, people get stabbed and it's like weirdly slow and awkward yeah. and like graphic in a way that's kind of, it's funny, and, but uncomfortable. Yeah. Funny. yeah. yeah. Like when the guy That's actually exactly the way the that that Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th murders look like for the first like five versions of each of those movies. Right. And I th- I don't think that that's just because like those movies are kind of bad. We like we well, we may like time. them because I mean I love the Friday the 13th movies because right. they're silly and ridiculous and and fun. <laughs> and but this movie captures the look and the style of that so well that yeah. I think it's really impressive for being made. 30 years later. Right, right. Yeah, they yeah. like I think whoever made this really had a fondness for those movies in a way and kind of knew how to make this look the same. So yeah. just kind of going like off of what you're saying it's a spoof. It kind of is, but it's also almost an homage too. It's almost yeah. like yeah. A bit of it's a almost love it's weirdly respectful yeah. of yeah. the style. It just knows there's the person who who's who I think this director and writer love those movies. I think they just also know that they're kind of dumb. Right. And so they made something that they thought people could watch the same movie now. And Okay, here's how I'll say it. The Friday the 13th reboot, or the that came out in like thir- 2013 or yeah. 14 or something like that. Yeah. It, it does kind of follow the same style, but it's dumb because it's kind of boring. Whereas... This movie was like, well, you can't just do it now. You have to make it dumb in a new way. And right. so they kind of made it dumb in a new way, which makes you feel nostalgic for those movies, I guess. It's why I had trouble at the beginning, because mm-hmm. when I first tried to describe it to Richard, I I tried to equate it to scary movie. But it, right. it's because it's a quote unquote, like I said, spoof. But it is nothing like that. At right. All. It's, it's not a parody, whereas those were. It's not yeah. They're, it's not trying to just hit all the plot points, but funnier or sillier. It's just for the sake of being funny. It is, it's more like the... it's like what you. I liked that you called it an homage because yeah. it, it kind of really does feel like that. They they tried to tell a story that's been told, but in a slightly different way. Yeah, I think it's weirdly more respectful of the source material. Oh, for sure. It just knows that the source material stupid <laughs> but lovingly so yeah and so it's not so much trying to make fun of them it is in the way that i don't know in the way they make fun of a good friend or something like that right. like it's Just loving in a weird them. way yeah. yeah now i i will concede that the second half or at least from the the, the climax yeah from there it does 
the movie itself is entirely solid. I will say I do. I will concede that that from that part on, it is a bit weaker than the first half. It seems like it, they were in their own rhythm. And then after that, they, I think they could have done more with it, but how it resolved itself, it was still enjoyable. Yeah, it's, it's fine. I, <laughs> I again, the, yeah, I just the think it becomes, little... I think it becomes a lot less interesting after the cabin explodes. Yeah. Because also, I think that that scene, if you took a little bit more time, you could probably the scene in the cabin, the yeah, scene yeah. in the cabin when she's doing the therapy. Uh-huh. Like I see, I think I wish, I they, wish had they extended that, and then those that were longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And I, I think wish they could have enhanced that. I feel like they missed the joke a little bit. Like they hit it, but you could go deeper on that oh, joke, sure. which is yeah, where yeah. where he tells his story about the fact that his mom, his dad was burned alive by hillbillies, and his mom, you know, fought her way out. For one, also in that scene, knew immediately that oh he would his father's a hillbilly like that's yeah. exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. The movie's not, it doesn't obscure itself and it, like it is pretty predictable. But that's fine because it's also a funny homage to things that are predictable. Yeah. So I don't have a problem with that. But when he's done telling that story, and especially uh, Allie, she's like. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of wish they'd actually just talk to him then. I wish the movie devolved into like a a comedy drama where where she's like, Oh honey, your dad's a hillbilly. (laughs) Like like we heard that story and we know. Like what the joke they played off of was that's a weirdly extreme thing for you to tell us right now. Right. But I think the joke you could make to make the movie a little more unique is them being like Oh, it's so obvious that your no, your your mom was kind of raped by them, and now you're the son of that. You're definitely your and, dad was not killed. Yeah. And your dad from, is the dude who killed everyone. <laughs> from that point on, I agree. So, like the whole time, he's in denial, but everyone else is still seeing this, which would lead up to the part where they use the newspaper to really seal the deal to say yes, yeah your dad. i mean that's just randomly the newspaper clipping that you yeah. find running yeah because it was just kind of random right but it, yeah if they had done it with what you had just said and put those two together i think that would have been a and that a plays back into kid. what richard said earlier about the last you know little bit of it being a little bit forced i guess talking it out i can kind of agree with that yeah i feel like someone wrote a really good movie and they just got done a little bit before what is kind of quote unquote an acceptable length for a film. Mm-hmm. And they, I think they tried their best to fill it out. I wish there were either a different medium for it or maybe they'd spend a little more time figuring out the end. Because what this movie actually is, it's not really a parody. It has its or own. Or necessarily an homage. I mean, it is an homage, but it's, it's a farce is what it is. Which a, a farce is usually restricted to a sitcom, which is... It's defined by the fact that there's a million little misunderstandings that make a bunch of funny scenarios happen. Right. That, that none of the characters really know what everyone else is thinking or doing. And therefore, every time they re- interact with each other, they end up thinking that something else is happening. And so it's 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 a million episodes of Friends or Frasier or any sitcom Three's you've company. ever seen. It's definitely Three's Company. <laughs> you know, it's the Big Bang. It's it's mm-hmm. it's any sitcom. There's a reason why this the genre of farce is most common in sitcoms because they're like 25 minutes long. You don't have to have well, a third yeah, act well, the way that you have to have a, a a twenty minute third act in a movie. They're twenty five minutes long, and there's you know twenty three episodes. So you know you but can it all, also it tell resets because whatever situation oh, okay. happening. You're, in you're episode, talking about a contained episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm you, you can you can do extended farces episode, yeah. too over yeah. over an entire season of something like Friends though. Where see, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that. I I think I think what you had said as the last option. 
I think they could have spent a little more time on that last 20 minutes. Because there were, there were some low-hanging fruit that they could have gone with, like you had just suggested, where he everyone realizes that he is a hillbilly prior to him. Because I would like to see all of his other friends also be like, Oh wait, that's right. You're a, you're a psychopath, right? Because he is, and I actually really like that. I like that he's such a douchebag, and that that actor does a really good job. I mean, being a hateable, hateable yeah. person. <laughs> on on the converse, though, I mean, I I would definitely like to hear what you guys think are some of the highlights for you. I will say that I do super appreciate, like even just from like storytelling standpoint, Tucker and Dale have a really good friendship that it plays out really well. It has the little touches of like. Bro love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which makes them, which makes you along for the ride and not just be like, well, this is all nonsense. Because the, 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 the coincidences are a little too coincidental. Yeah. But because you like them, it works. And because, and I also, I was worried for a while because this is new to me that Allie would freak out too when she was taken back to their house. And I'd be like, so it's just, you know, quote unquote, hillbillies are terrible and like, Rich people are fine, but no. And also, do they never just shout at the kids, hey, this is a misunderstanding? But actually, Allie understands them pretty quickly and yeah. is pretty on board. And then even when she has to go against her her old gr- her old crew, she walks out of the house and she sees like the dead cop and like the dead. So she so everything that uh Dale said from his perspective, which is that her friends went nuts and killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Or killed themselves. She walks out and she sees evidence of that. So it was actually pretty tightly put together and like surprisingly well orchestrated from a character standpoint. Where I I believed I believed our three main characters at least, and that's all that was super necessary. I, I think that the only reason why Chad's character doesn't get the same treatment to me as Tucker Dale and Allie is because it does have that last twenty minutes where like okay, so he was a douchebag, but now he's legit open maniac like an immortal maniac i think two of the characters that died in the cabin just had such quick deaths oh well i mean they all had quick deaths but like the lead up to it because the other times you see each character killed individual oh the last three characters that's what i'm saying that it'd be cool to see those characters kind of turn against chad Mm -hmm. because that's what i'm saying they should have fleshed that part instead i i feel like they were kind of like we don't know what to do with these characters i see what you're saying so we're just going to get rid of them all in a single like Mm -hmm. because because that part felt rushed. Instead of killing each it's individual like kid, three deaths by fire, right? By a single fire, cool. essentially. Mm-hmm. Even though they don't all die from the explosion or the gas, like one of them is lit on fire. That fire lights the gas cans. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. they just kind of get rid of them really quickly. Because yeah. they, which you can fix that by having fewer teens in your movie, or by giving them something else to do and still killing them, but just giving them something else to do. I would have gone with the latter. I'm going to I'm going to be a little different from you two and Ted and was going to go with the latter how would you kill a teen? <laughs> <laughs> uh but no I'm I'm going to go I'm going to swing in a different direction and maybe say a little less of an unpopular opinion. <laughs> I still don't feel by the end of this movie that that Dale was really a hero. I walk me through that cuz I don't know that I feel strongly one way or the other. So tell me what you're thinking. You here. know they uh, you know, it was just this weird thing where I know, like, he went through the whole thing of he saw his friend down. He's I'm gonna go rescue the girl and defeat this guy. But even at the end, like, he just still felt like old. Like he felt he still felt like the original Dale from the beginning. Okay, he even though he was talking to his friend, he was like, you know, go get what you want in life. Like it still didn't really feel any like, different to me. There was no particularly 
shining moment for him to like have that growth for us to really click in that he had he was more self-confident yeah he did become more confident but yeah it wasn't really it wasn't like an an overarching thing like he was still like really low like a low key can i marry that because he he does technically have a character arc i do agree that like the change how he has dramatic how he yeah and also he seems to he seems to be unjustly rewarded for it meaning he becomes slightly more confident and suddenly i don't know that there's any world in which it's believable that he and ali like fall in love like yeah shut your face i, I believe <laughs> i made the comment too like what is their age difference like cuz you really can't tell with him it's it's the beard it it ages him but he was 6 years at that point from when he he does say that in the flashback story, doesn't he? Yeah. He says he would have been so, six years so old. he's six years older and they're than twenty, them. So and that is not yeah, that is not ridiculous. No, but I feel like they don't really know each other that well. Mm-hmm. They have a really weird circumstance that happens well, to them date. in the day that they meet. It does feel a little bit to me like he gets the girl because he's supposed to at the end of the movie. Yeah, that's almost kind of what I was trying to hit it. Like it, it didn't feel like a. I don't know. Y'all are forgetting that she's a farmer. She did mention she's from a family of farmers digging her own shithole for the hours. I don't know. I just didn't feel anything at the sure, end of it. Sure. Like I didn't feel like anything had really been. Maybe that's it, Ted. I don't disagree with you. The movie, like, no, I know it is. Movie, a, it like, is a bit the, of a stretch. The movie makes the appropriate nods to like this isn't completely ridiculous, right? But also, I agree with your last sentiment, Nick, which is that. I didn't feel like, oh, I really hope they fall in love. Right. Or yeah. like I felt like I that maybe maybe that's a problem with the way the story falls out. Maybe it's the problem with the way the individual characters are written. I'm not entirely sure. I think Allie's kind of underwritten. Dale, we have a, the clearest vision of who Dale is throughout the entire movie, I feel like. We get the most information about his personality and how he acts and where he comes from and what he wants. And I feel like Allie, the only thing we actually get is that she's with a bunch of douchey friends. And then we learn that she's a psychology student, which the psychology student part feels a little bit like a plot device rather than a character building moment. Right. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe I didn't feel the romance there or the actual victory. I, I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think for like kind of jumping off what Nick was saying, I think for his character, there was not really a darkest moment. So it was just kind of steady. And then for him to uh, ascend, so to speak, right? to become more confident. It didn't feel as justified or as worthy, I think is what you guys are saying. Because he he really didn't have like, oh, I don't really believe in myself, and just kind of gave up. It just kind of like, I've always been this way, just as you said, um, Nick. Now I'm put in a very extraneous situation where I have to do something. And suddenly I'm more confident, right? There's nothing better, for him to like fully give up. You're, you're right. The better situation would have... Because he just... Once things fall apart, he just takes up the mantle. He's just like, okay, well, I'm going to do it because my friend's in danger or Allie's yeah. in danger. What should happen is he should give up. Yeah. He should fully give up. And either Tucker... Tucker dies. ...convinces him somehow, like, or uh, Allie does. Does Tucker... Oh, no, I would say, like, no, 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 if, if Tucker were to die or if, like, the dog actually died, he ha- like, a yeah. moment where he could have, like, a... Like, this actually has affected me. The movie doesn't have a lot of emotional punch to it, and I understand the movie is kind of silly and funny, and so it doesn't have to have a huge, huge emotional punch, but also I don't think that anyone here would argue that just because a movie's a comedy doesn't mean it shouldn't make you feel things. Oh, yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, I think that it, I think I don't think you kill Tucker in this movie. I think that's a little too far for this movie. I might have a change, but you might kill the dog, which I know that would be would feel harsher for most people, <laughs> you know, whatever. But but in reality, you're making con- fun of me about in, killing teens. In, in suggesting re- the idea of killing a dog. In reality, you, the consequences disgusting, despicable. In reality, the consequences would be less, even though it would feel more potent for what? most people. <laughs> Not jangers. <laughs> I, I, I might have a suggestion for this, where obviously the same events would happen where they crash into a tree or whatever, and it clearly breaks the windshield. And I think it seems like he's being pressed up against the, the seat, right? He can't move. And somehow Tucker's still over on the against the tree, and Dale just kind of gives up. He's like, oh, there's no point. I'm just going to... Just gonna be here attached to this tree because I'm not going anywhere. And of course, then you have the pep talk from Tucker. And then, of course, when he gets his confidence up, all he had to do was just kind of shift a little, and then he could just, oh, yeah, I guess, adding more to the fact where he... he does, I see, he he's has trapped. More, yeah, he thinks he's trapped. He feels the pain, but he actually has more give that he can give. Because then it's demonstrated to him and us. I see what you're saying. Yeah. He's trapped in the truck. He can't get out, or he thinks he can't get out. Mm-hmm. And Tucker does his little speech from the tree far away, yeah. and is like, "No, I can't get up and help like, you. Get up! Yeah. But you're you get fine. Up. You have to get yeah. up." Like, yeah. Because then we have that that rousing moment where the music swells, and then he pushes the whatever, and he yeah. gets out of the truck. I and like, then, oh yeah, uh, I guess I could have gone. And that would also have been a funny then, moment too. Then he and them know he them he and us know that what he's about to do, which is go kick some douchebag ass yeah. is possible because he just overcame something that didn't seem The possible. only thing yeah. that we got prior to that point is when he goes crazy with the nail gun. Like, plot-wise, it was there, but in terms of, like, the audience connection. Yeah, no, yeah. I can, I can see that, yeah. It, yeah. Um, favorites? <laughs> My favorite moment, I think, might be when that one kid runs in with the weed whacker and why didn't she duck? Is it? Yeah. <laughs> why didn't she duck? And he's he's running. Is he running at Tucker or Dale? At Tucker. At Tucker. And Tucker goes like, "Oh God!" And he ducks down, and then he sh- shoves the weed whacker end into his friend's face. Yeah. And then after she's like laying on the grass, like, why didn't she duck? Like he blames it on her because yeah. that was the moment where they were where they literally the movie acknowledged that they were what they were doing was killing themselves. That every, everyone they, in the room knew that all he of the, did that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that was his fault. As ridiculous <laughs> as it seems, we're all witness now to that's what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> There's some way you could tie the two together and prolong. Oh that yeah, scene. for sure. I think that would have been. I think that would have been more fruitful. Um, favorite for me was pretty much near the beginning um, when they're at the store, and. Dale goes with this sickle and, and he does the very stereotypical <laughs> you guys going camping? <laughs> <laughs> and he's just trying and, but I can still feel it because it's so believable. I mean, I know I've been in situations where you try to say something it's and a, it just it's a, com- completely comes out wrong. It is a really good example of how the movie plays off of like perception. Meaning like from their end, you see that he's not that weird. No. But from their end, you also see, no, this is real fucking weird. If you yeah. were just watching this, this is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is my favorite, but I'd like to point it out, I guess, is that when um, they're being shot at, through, uh, Tucker and Dale are being shot at through the cabin when the college kids come and find them, or it's it's after they, the cop the dies. The cop dies, yeah. 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 They're firing at them, and Dale reveals he doesn't like fishing, 
And <laughs> Alan Tudyk's delivery of the response eventually is like, what, you know, he's like, what do you mean you don't like fishing? He's like, yeah, I don't like fishing. And then he's, and then Dale says, did I hurt your feelings? And then there's like this, this really like pregnant pause because Tucker's thinking about it. He's like, yeah, you kind of did. <laughs> I, think- I, I like a couple things about that. It could have, for one, it's very realistic in the sense that it could have been this big blowout that, that caused for a more dramatic action between the two of them. They could have separated then and not been friends anymore, which dramatically might have been the better way better. to go with the film. Right. But also, this was more believable in the sense that they're really comfortable with each other. They, they like each other. This isn't going to break their friendship. He's just like, damn, I didn't ever do that, bro. Right. Like, <laughs> like all, all this, like, yeah, because he mentions they've been friends since they were like six years old. So it's, it's both a situation where it kind of like, it does kind of hurt what could be the more dramatic plot, but also it feels like a very real moment between the two of them that yeah. I really liked. Yeah. I think they could have uh, milked that a little bit where he's still like, how could you not like fishing? Yeah. While, like, he's, yeah. while they're separated. Tucker and Dale, like it would have been stronger for the plot if Tucker and Dale had a falling out at some point that they were just actually not on the just same the side. They almost did it, you know, because they're and arguing yeah. about that. And, you know, Tucker is blaming Dale. So particularly, for, it's all your fault. You had to bring that girl to our cabin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so they, they almost did it. But they're never, they, you're they don't, right. They, don't they do express threshold. their disagreement, but the movie never has the moment where they're not friends anymore. Yeah, they just hug it out. And, right. And, or, at, well, you know, climb over each other. <laughs> which would have helped... Roll over each other. A little yeah. bit if, for Dale, for like what you were saying, Nick, about Dale being the hero, it would have actually helped if he were on his own for a minute too. Right. And he kind of had to be a little more resourceful without help. But he didn't have um, to do that until oh, yeah. the very end. And that part where he was right, a little more yeah. resourceful without thinking and then having to reflect back on that situation... Uh, I, I think that would be good, but I'm also kind of afraid that it might end up being either predictable or cliche in some way, because it almost seems like, yes, that, that would have to always be the case. No, that's fine. I do. do you know I, what I'm saying? Like, I know, I would I know what that. you're wrestling with. Because I would want that, but I'm afraid that it would just kind of be... It's a stronger representation for the characters in a pl- very plot sense yeah. that, like, oh, if they separate and he does his thing, but also kind of like what I said about that moment... It's also more realistic that people have known each other since they're six years old. Yeah. The smallest little disagreement doesn't make you not friends anymore. Yeah. Like you, and therefore it makes them feel a little bit more real. So I don't, yeah. I, there's qualities to both ways and I'm not yeah. sure. Sometimes though, when you're making a movie, the more dramatic option. I, I think you can still have something of an does, in-between. Is more effective. You can have something more of an in-between where sure. it just digs at them. Because you say something, you're not going to be outright mad at your friend that you've known for like decades. But it will dig at you. It's like, how could you not like fishing? Like maybe the whole it's, time. It's just like <clears throat> turning in your head. Maybe it doesn't stop it, them from being friends, but maybe that moment's brought up again. Maybe, when maybe they're at, like, when it's he's a at the tree dying have. at the when he's right. like dying at the tree, giving his yeah. finals. Like, I can't believe you didn't <laughs> yeah, tell yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been funny too. Yeah. Exactly. That would have been really funny too. Yeah. But gotta love Alan Tudyk. No, he's good. He's great. He's a good actor who it's super weird actually because he he's really in, he's a character actor. He's in a lot of stuff. He's yeah. ne- he's never or almost never the lead. He's he's even though he should be. He's never done. He's very, I feel like every time he's done something, it's always been good. No, he's a very good actor. Yeah, I think this movie helps showcase that as well. Yeah, I would like to have seen something for him to be the lead, but yeah. Fuck Dale. Yeah. <laughs> Just Tucker versus Evil. Have you thought about that? That's the sequel. <laughs> I did like Tucker's personality more because he was just kind of like, holy shit, everything is fucking crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He was the most realistic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. 
Like, should have just left everybody alone from the start. <laughs> Can Buying I? my feminine napkins. What? Yeah. Did you also? I don't that know if you had, saw. That had to have been just the director telling the just, actor, just keep just going, keep, just keep yeah. going. <laughs> just say whatever. Because they had also said something about lubricated condoms prior to that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us for the Character Arc podcast. Um, you can find us at Character Arc on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us at characterarc.net. You can find uh, Mendel Sands or Nick Slake, who joined us today, also on our Character Arcana Dungeons & Dragons play podcast. Woo! Yeah, podcast. We're getting somewhat close to the end here, guys, and we'll have our plans for season two uh, once we're all wrapped up. My name is Richard Bertelson. And I'm Ted. And I'm Nick. Thanks. Don't die. Don't die. <laughs>